0: To Oh, my travel podcast. I'm your host, Janine Romo, a.k.a. The Wild Explorer, and I'm here today with our producer, Martha Espinosa-Wynn, and our special guest, Jennifer Valentini. Hey, hi, Jennifer. Hi. <laughs> Jennifer um, is a dear friend of mine, and she's on the show today. Jen, Jennifer, I feel so weird when I call you Jen. Um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, I uh, currently live in St. Petersburg, Florida, but I've lived in a few different cities, uh, Atlanta and Los Angeles, and I obviously like to travel, and uh, one of my favorite cities is Barcelona, which is where Janine and I met, and um, I don't know, what else? Oh, and I'm vegan, and I work at a vegan cafe um, in the city I live in now, and I have two dogs that
0: I treat like my children. Dog mom. mom. Yeah, mom. <laughs> yeah um, we met a little over a year ago and we have become really good friends and travel buddies. And we've traveled two different, or well, I guess one more time since. Yeah, that was our second time traveling together. Um, yeah, so. We're just going to go straight into the whole, because we're talking about vegan travel here. And yeah. um, I think for a lot of people who aren't vegan or don't really understand that it's like, it's, it's a lifestyle, it's not just like a diet, um, they don't really understand that um, there can be challenges, I guess you can say, with uh, traveling well being vegan or being a vegan person. Uh, so, why don't you tell us a little bit about? I don't know, just like I guess vegan travel in general. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, the the general concept of veganism um, as a lifestyle, instead of instead of just a plant based diet, is that. Um, it's a way of living that attempts to exclude all forms of animal exploitation and cruelty and really make the most compassionate choice um, in any situation. So, you know, for me, it's, you know, I'm learning new things every day, but it really comes down to, you know, I don't eat any meat or dairy or eggs. I personally also choose to exclude honey um, and I don't wear any leather um, or wool and, yeah, and so, I mean, also trying to make uh, compassionate choices as far as reducing my consumption of plastic use and one-use materials and, you know, reusing um, bags, all those kind of things. Like, it's, it's always new, and, and it goes so far. Like, you learn more every day. I To me, veganism even includes sustainable clothing, and I've been really trying to work on that. So the biggest thing with traveling um, – Biggest thing with traveling is going to places that understand exactly what that means. Um, veganism has become kind of a more buzzword term, but some people still don't know the difference between vegetarianism, which in my opinion, the original term for vegetarian was essentially vegan. It, it was, you know, you only eat vegetables. But, you know, then this concept of vegetarians eating eggs and dairy uh, kind of made us have to evolve and form an, a new word to to really encompass the fact that we don't consume any animal products. So trying to go to places and explain that to them, making sure that they understand that you know we don't want butter or cheese. Um, that that's just the the first barrier, making sure that someone understands exactly what you don't eat.
0: Right, right. Have you um, had any kind of Bad experiences or like I guess miscommunication like while traveling, um, like yeah. just ordering food.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes. I mean, ironically, I think the the places where I've probably accident accidentally been served, uh, dairy or eggs and something have been in like maybe rural type America. Like I'm I'm thinking off the oh, top yeah. of my head, uh, like rural Connecticut. I went to a relative's wedding. And it was really hard to find something at this like breakfast diner, and she just couldn't wrap her head around the fact that I was asking for things with like no butter, um, and to use oil instead. And I mean, there are some times where it's like you explain as much as you can, and you get something, and I would I probably have have consumed something unintentionally. Um, but again, it's the concept is really just to do the best you can. You know, make the choice that that provides the most compassion and, you know, with where possible, where humanly possible, you're making, you're making the best attempt that you can make. So, right. um, yeah, uh, as far as, as far as traveling internationally and in places that don't speak the same language, uh, it can be difficult, but I found Europe mostly, is pretty easy. Uh, everyone's very familiar with vegano or vegana. Um, it's gotten, I don't, for lack of better word, trendy, which has made it really nice for me. I've been vegan for over nine years. So at the beginning, it definitely was not. I mean, now now is the best time to travel and live in general as a vegan, and I only see it getting better. Um, and then I think there's even work away or workarounds in in other places where it might not be as easy. Last year, I was in Montenegro, which was difficult because they speak um, Montenegrin, but it's almost kind of a, um subset of Serbian, which was not available for download use on Google Translate. I had no mm-hmm. service in Montenegro because it's not a European Union uh, country. And so the hardest thing there was like really trying to carry around little notes in the language that I had copied down um, and workarounds. Like I'm in a few different vegan travel groups and vegan Facebook groups, which have been super helpful. And, you know, they informed me that the word POSNO means like their Lenten restrictions, which when, um, all the countries are during Lent, they typically give up all animal products except for fish. And obviously, you know, if you're eating like a baked good or something, it's not going to have fish in it. But as long as you explain, you know, I was able to use that word, even though it wasn't Lent season and they still understood what I meant. So that was like a nice workaround, even though we spoke no other common words, um, I was still able to find things to eat, uh, and they would understand that. So, I mean, even though that was challenging, it still has never been impossible.
0: So you would say like, if you're vegan, um, and, and you know, you obviously there are options everywhere or you know they could even be limited options but like the best way to kind of do your research and go around that um is like those those Facebook group pages have been really helpful to you.
1: Totally. Yeah I mean um I really lean on my my being in Facebook groups and on Instagram. I mean it's been uh again like it's never been a better time you know as far as information one of the things I really love to do is uh, is use hashtags too. So I'll, you know, I, if I know I'm going to a certain city, I'll explore the hashtag, whatever city and vegan or vegan, you know, vegan Barcelona, Barcelona vegan, and see what options come up, what places have been tagged, what um, vegan bloggers have written blogs already on the places they've gone. And and then the other soup, uh, there's there's a few other things that I just use from apps on my phone. There's a happy cow app, which is a completely User-generated Yelp, essentially, for uh, vegetarian, vegan, and then op- and then restaurants with vegetarian or vegan options. Uh, so that's super helpful. And also just Google Maps. If you are in any place and you type in vegan and search around you, um, you do have to remember that they're essentially just searching the reviews or if the restaurant themselves has listed themselves as vegan-friendly. Um, so sometimes, you know, sometimes it'll pull something up and the review says there were no vegan options. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that place has vegan options, but it means that someone has used that word in a review they've written, but it can be really helpful as far as um, either way, like knowing if some, a place has vegan options or if they don't. So definitely Facebook groups um, about veganism or vegan travel, Instagram, uh, Happy Cow, and yeah, just my Google Map app are, are definitely the most used things while I'm traveling looking for vegan
0: food. Awesome. Those are great tips. Um, yeah, you had, I remember you mentioning happy cow and I, I mean, that was kind of a a lifesaver in a sense where, you know, we were traveling around. I, I mean, when I was with you, I was like, Hey, just pick out whatever food I'm cool with, whatever. And you just would go to happy cow and we would end up, you know, having a really good meal somewhere. Um, okay. So, Okay. And then when you're traveling, you don't always just eat at restaurants. You also will, uh, you know, at least from time to time, cook your own meals as well. Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah. And that's an awesome thing. I mean, I really do try to um, stay in hostels when possible to have a kitchen. I, A, just, you know, for, for budget tips, but then it's also great. You can always go to a local market and get fresh produce and not have to worry about, You know, reading labels and making sure something's vegan, you can pretty much always eat um, vegetables, and you know things like pasta and tomato sauce are always good go-to's. So that's always a nice option to have. Even you know uh, lentils, beans, rice, things like that. And then in certain countries, it's it's a lot easier. I know in Barcelona or I mean, all throughout Spain and a lot of their markets, they have a lot of kind of pre-made so to speak, or, uh, I don't know, what would you call those little rice? Oh, the,
0: um, like the it's prepackaged, cool. re- ready ready-to-eat. Uh, yeah,
1: like ready-to-eat. You can microwave salad. it or whatever kind of bowl that has vegetables and grains and things. And, those, and Spain seems to be really good about having those things and having it labeled with, like, a vegan symbol. It seems like in Europe they use a little leaf with a vegano or vegana written in it.
0: Oh, okay, or like that v with the yeah, the
1: off of it, yeah, so that makes it really easy. I mean, some other countries are harder. we ha- We struggled a little bit more in France, but even then, I think we still were able to to find good things in markets., uh, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit more planning than than the average person that can just stop in anywhere and grab something. But obviously, for me, I think it's worth it. and um and it and it doesn't take that much more once you once you kind of get used to it's just a new habit. So.
0: Right. Do you typically do, um, pre-planning or like researching on a new place ahead of time or kind of more on the fly or does it depend? Like, I mean, you said Europe is kind of good with that. So
1: yeah, I I think it's a combination of both. Um, which is kind of how I travel in general, uh, you know, with finding new places and just like the general tourist destinations I want to check out in a city. Um, Yeah, I do some like light research, I kind of my favorite thing to do is, you know, to use those resources, like I said, whether it be my Facebook group, or Instagram, or happy cow, and I go into my Google Maps, and I go ahead and pin a place. And I put, I save it as a, you know, want to go is one of the labels, you can flag places in Google Maps. And then it's really nice to kind of put all of those on my map. And when I'm in a place, I can kind of pull up my map and say, Okay, what am I closest to right now? Are they open? Like, is you know, and that, that kind of alleviates some of that as well. So I think I try and do a decent number, you know, a decent level of pre-planning. And then, you know, other times, other times, I mean, also asking for recommendations in a place you're at. I know I've, I've gone to, I think it was when I was just in Copenhagen. Um, I went to like a bakery that had a lot of vegan options for breakfast. And I asked them, Hey, do you know of a really good, vegan place to have lunch or dinner and they recommended a great place that wasn't on that I hadn't, you know, saved. So I think that's a really good way to do it as well.
0: Oh, nice. Um, going back to like cooking your own meals, I wanted to ask you what is your like, I guess your kind of go to meal that you, you like to cook yourself that's kind of, I guess, like easy while traveling or even if it's not easy, what's your favorite meal to, to kind of put together?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think it always inevitably ends up being some sort of pasta just because it's going to be cheap. You're probably not in a place for very long, so it doesn't make sense to buy a lot of something. Um, so I think it's inevitably some sort of pasta. I will usually buy like a jar of some kind of pasta sauce, but then I'll also buy some fresh veggies because you can kind of buy smaller portions of those. And so it'll be pasta, some kind of tomato sauce, and then usually it's like whatever – vegetables they have at a decent price, whether, you know, mushrooms, broccoli, spinach, carrots, peppers, onions, I kind of make a a pasta primavera that tends to be the cheapest and easiest. And like, you know, if you're not able to eat it all, you don't feel bad about, you know, leaving the majority of the uncooked pasta at a hostel for future people to enjoy. So that's definitely my go-to. I also, which, which you will remember quite well, my, I love to make sure I have a container of soy milk or my yes. coffee or granola or anything like that. Um, some, some cities are really great about having it. Uh, Barcelona is good. Uh, when I was in Copenhagen and Sweden, uh, oat milk is huge there. So that was nice. But when we were in France, People would like, I was crazy if I wanted <laughs> soy milk for my coffee. And uh, so getting a getting a shelf stable, soy milk while I'm traveling around, that's that's one of my my go-tos for sure.
0: Yeah, that soy milk uh, <laughs> lasted us a few days in, I don't know, it was like a hundred degree plus weather in a in a hot car. I don't know how it did it, but another
1: beauty of not animal. <laughs> It's not an animal product, you know. It's not going to spoil the same way. It's not going to be like absolutely disgusting and potentially give you some horrible disease. Um, so I mean, that is one of my my jokes that I feel like our, you know my foods can last a lot longer without having to worry about it spoiling. Of course, of course, vegetables and plant milks and stuff are perishable, but not in the same way. You know, you're not going to get sick from from spoiled uh, from soy milk the same way you would from dairy milk. So yeah, that that soy milk that lasted us like three days was. Was clutch for
0: sure. <laughs> um, where have you been that has had like the worst uh vegan options or like none or I don't know. Um, is-
1: <laughs> yeah. So again back to that, like rural Connecticut was was pretty bad. Um traveling internationally, I won't say so much that it didn't have options. It just I don't think it was maybe the best was uh, Budapest had a lot of options, but nothing seemed to be, like, super healthy. I feel like it was just, like, a lot of, like, fried imitation meat things, uh, which, which to be fair, is kind of Hungarian in and of itself. So I'm guessing if you were a traveler and eating an omnivore diet, you're going to have a lot of that heavy stuff as well. Uh, but for me, that was, that was frustrating as someone that – you know really enjoys to eat a little bit cleaner and and fresher food sometimes, so Budapest was a little tough. It was a lot of mock meats, even like falafel places was maybe like the healthiest thing I could get like at a and not even at a designated falafel would be like a, at a euro place and I had to get like a a falafel and try to explain to them that I didn't want any of their heavy sauces that I'm sure were cream based um I think those are pretty hard. Thailand, was Thailand wasn't difficult to find vegan options. It was just maybe more difficult to differentiate and communicate which were specifically vegan. Um, and pretty much everything there, even the, the vegetarian, vegan things, you just had to, or the things that seem vegetarian, you, you know, would have to ask usually for no fish sauce or fish oil. Um, but I also found that they were really happy to accommodate that when I was able to explain that. So,
0: oh, okay. um, okay.
1: So yeah, not, not necessarily as difficult there, just again, like a, a smaller hurdle to get over. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like everyone, <laughs> I feel like the, the worst accommodations have been in some rural places in America, but the rural places in Europe, even when I was in Corfu, Greece on an island, uh, and there weren't tons of choices that, you know, there's maybe one thing that seemed like it could be vegetarian. When I explained it to them, they were more than happy, you know, to accommodate me and make
0: me something. And
1: we're like really trying to to do that. And you could see that maybe more and more people are starting to ask and they're getting familiar and they're, the wheels are turning on how they're going to offer more more vegan things. And I think that Yeah, I think when I travel internationally, man, they just seem so much more excited to, and I don't know if it's because, you know, they're trying to cater to an American tourist or not, but I think they seem a lot more willing to find me something that I'll really enjoy versus uh, Connecticut, or I keep using Connecticut, and I know there's more. (laughs) When I was driving through, um, you know, gosh, maybe it was like Wyoming or somewhere, even call, even driving through non-city parts of, like, Colorado, the toughest things, driving cross-country in the States, you know, my biggest go-to usually was just stopping by a Trader Joe's and grabbing a pre-made salad. That would be my road trip because trying to find anything at a restaurant in some of those places was just not, not going to happen. Um, as far as fast food, when you're in an absolute pinch, there's Taco Bell, but, you know, you can only – can only really eat Taco right. about <laughs> so many times on a road trip before your body is rebelling so
0: <laughs> uh totally understood yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's amazing that like there's been a good response in in Europe in general um with with veganism um have you had any sort of like i guess rude experiences Like anyone, I mean, it sounds like everyone's been accommodating so far, but has it ever been like, oh, like you're asking for too much or, or I don't know, just, I I guess. No,
1: I mean, I feel like things have been, (laughs) again, I go back to, um, (laughs) <laughs> Maybe just in the state some places, and it's more because they don't understand and they're like really like they just they seem a little annoyed even when I try and very specifically just order as simple as possible like I see you have you know this salad can is there a way to take off the cheese and put like I see that you have some other vegetables on this dish can you put those vegetables on the salad so it's a little bit more you know comprehensive of a meal for me I think, and I think that's maybe just an American restaurant thing in general that they're like, "Oh my God, really? You want me to make all these modifications to something?" <laughs> um, and so I don't know that that's even necessarily a you know about the veganism as much as they just maybe don't want to be as inconvenient as as other places. But I mean, no, I can't really think of anyone that's been super rude, at least, or or I've blocked it out because it's not worth my energy to remember, but. <laughs> Right. Um, No, I I think everyone's great. I think everyone tries to be, you know, really accommodating, so.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, they should be. You're a customer, and you're just coming in trying to get something that you could actually eat. And, I mean, there are so many people who have, like, different – either it's, like, dietary or, you know, it's because of their health. um, So, Yeah, I think in general people should definitely be accommodating, but um America really needs to step it up. Come on, middle America. Like, yeah,
1: like, um, I mean, <laughs> we're outside of cities, I feel like, which is which is unfortunate, but I think I think it's getting better everywhere. I mean, it is getting better everywhere. It's just maybe slower in some places than others.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, reasons to go vegan because you know you talked about kind of you know the whole like sustainability and yeah. I mean just saving the planet in general. Yeah. There's different ways that we could help uh, contribute to saving our our poor planet that is filled with trash and plastic and Absolutely. all these. Um, yeah, I mean th- there's so many benefits to being a vegan. And I feel like a, a lot of people don't know about all these things. And I think yeah. everyone should have like a super vegan friend like you. <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> so uh, yeah, tell, tell us a bit of uh, tell our listeners a bit about that, because um, not everyone really understands. And I think it's, it's always good to hear.
1: Yeah. So you know, besides the obvious of not eating animals, and that, for me, being a very um, you know, ex- like good reason in and of itself is, is to not consume animals. Um, and specifically dairy, because if you're if you're worried about animal cruelty, dairy is also a pretty uh, pretty cruel industry. Um, there are tons of uh, websites and videos, of course, that you can watch and not necessarily like the scary jump down your throat PETA ones, but um, you know, some really just straight documentary expose type things. So the obvious being, you know, animal cruelty and trying to refrain from that. Um,
0: the follow-up Ow. is
1: that I'm so sorry,
0: my. <laughs> being <a laughs> this dog. Is how dog. much she loves animals. Yeah, she, she- I will let the dog
1: interrupt, interrupt my interview. Um, and so the, you know, the second dairy is also um, health, impact. health impacts. Health um, impacts. It's it's really there's a lot of benefits to giving up meat and dairy as far as cholesterol, um, cholesterol is huge. Um, there's a lot of cancers that have been linked to car- you know, carcinogenics in processed meats. Um, so really for your health, it's, it's going to be great in plant-based alternatives as well.
0: Is, is that Bella? What, yeah, what does she have Bala. to chime in about?
1: Yeah. So I was like, yes, I agree with my mom. Um, And then as far as the sustainability factor, um, so the huge thing environmentally is uh, animal agriculture accounts for a a huge portion of um, our resources. So all encompassing, the amount of land that the livestock and the animals take up in general just by themselves is huge. The amount of land that we use to grow the feed that we feed to these animals before we then use them to feed people is astronomical. The amount of transport it takes The amount of water it takes all of these things has a huge strain on our environment the amount of packaging we use to package um to package all of the things um really big impact and and so you know cutting back i i'm still there are a lot of vegans that are like an all or nothing kind of thing but i feel like i'm a very realistic vegan um not everyone's going to go vegan overnight And while I do believe that there is a a world that's going to be a lot closer to vegan than it is omnivore, uh, the bottom line is we're not there yet. So I'm a huge proponent of reductionary veganism. If you can reduce your consumption, whether you choose meatless Mondays, I think that's a great option. Whether you choose one meal a day, I think that's a really good option as well. Um, and just kind of get yourself in the habit of of really forming new habits. That's the biggest thing, is like you get so much more used to things if you do them more often and if you know what your go-to's become. People, I feel like, get really bogged down and I don't know what to do, I don't know what to eat, I don't know how to make that. Start with the things that you like to eat and figure out a vegan version of them. Um, Google is your best friend. Like There are vegan options for everything now. So, I mean, I think if you can just throw a couple go-to's in your Rolodex, so to speak, It's going to make it easier and easier. Um, and you have, you have a few go-to meals, um, asking for vegan options. When you go out to your restaurant, you're like, Oh, well, the places I go out, eat don't have any options. Ask for them. The more and more consumers ask for something, the more business owners are going to want to provide that because they want, they want business. Um, so you, you in and of yourself can make it easier for yourself in the future. If, if that's what you're worried about convenience and having places or having items at places, um, but yeah, I mean, it, the, the, the amount that it's taking, the toll that it's taking on the environment really, really is huge. Um, and so even if we took, I mean, of course, these are not maybe viable, viable things, but the statistics are still true. If we were to take the, the feed that we grow to feed the livestock, the grain, the corn, the soy... The, you know any of those things the amount that we grow to feed livestock literally could feed could feed the world um so it's not just an animal rights issue it's a human rights issue as well like we're we're literally taking taking food that could go to starving children and feeding it to livestock that we don't need to eat in our diet it's been proven that we can live you know a very healthy happy existence without consuming animal products and for me it's for me, if you, can live, you, if you can live a life happy, healthier, you know, even um, with less of a carbon footprint, you know, and, and not harm animals, and you have that choice, like, why wouldn't you choose that? So I think you can still make that choice, even if you're not ready to make it 100%, you can make that choice in every meal, you know, every time that you think about it. And if you want to make that decision and choose that in and of that meal, I think that's a great step to overall helping the animals, the planet and your health.
0: Awesome. Well said. That's, you you know, I think a lot of information that like, I mean, people probably, most people probably don't know at least 90% of what you just said. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people um, kind of associate it more with just like animal rights and, you know, maybe just know of PETA or have heard of PETA or have, you know, seen PETA. I mean, I've seen a bunch of PETA videos and they can be a little intense, um, for sure. Um, but you know, it's, it's a good organization and, um, I think that's one organization that a lot of people uh, at least, you know, kind of associate with, um, with, with veganism. Um, I'm going to go to more of a, on a lighter note, (laughs) um, Let's talk about, um, your favorite vegan restaurants. And I mean, I know you love going to that. You have like favorites in many different countries. So yeah. let's, let's talk about some of those. Oh, God. <laughs> I get like so
1: weirdly happy about talking about vegan food and vegan restaurants. There are so many amazing places that I've been to. Um, I really love it when a vegan restaurant Serves me something I've never even thought of before, and it's amazing. Uh, I don't. I would like to hope you agree with this, but we we went to that restaurant in Barcelona. We went to I don't know if it's Sesamo or Sesamo, Um and we had a like seven course tasting menu. And I feel like they brought me out us. They brought us out so many things that I hadn't really thought to prepare that way. And I was just so impressed with I was so impressed with that restaurant as a, as more of a fine dining experience. There's also really great places that are super simple. I mean, one of my, this is going to sound super cheesy, but one of my favorite places uh, to find while traveling is that, uh, oh, I'm not going to pronounce this right either. That falafel place we went to in Barcelona, they have one in New York as
0: well.
1: or I think it's like, it's M-A-O-Z.
0: Um, was, yes, I remember yeah, that place. They're, oh.
1: they're a chain. They have some in New York City, like in Manhattan. Um, and then they have a few in Barcelona. And I've been to one in another city. And of course, I can't remember now. But that's such a fun place to be able to find and go to. Uh, what other really amazing? I mean,. I think a lot of places I, that I love, I also contribute to some nostalgia as well. So, you know, maybe people wouldn't have the same culinary experience I do, but, um, I also really love, uh, the restaurant is called modern love and the chef has a location in Omaha, Nebraska and in Brooklyn, New York. Um, that's a fantastic vegan restaurant. Um, what other really amazing meals have I had? Uh, Oh, I wish I could have like scrolled <laughs> through some of my photos to remind myself.
0: Um oh, I and, and like. while you're traveling and you're eating at all these vegan restaurants, of course, you're posting all of this on your Instagram, which will definitely link link our viewers to. Um, we'll have that in the show notes and then I'll make sure that you say that at the end as well. You're always showing off um all that amazing food, all that. Colorful food um, yeah, the
1: rainbow. That's, that's such an important thing that whether you're vegetarian, vegan or not, I mean, just to incorporate more colors, more variety. I feel like the standard American diet eats a lot of beige food or a lot of like one color palette, dinner plate. So you know just because you have like one color vegetable next to your your meat and potatoes you need more color like get as many colors in as you can so yes eat the rainbow thank you for mentioning that
0: <laughs> yeah and that's what I, I really liked about that um the sesamo place was yeah. just like the flavors because you're just getting this mix of all kinds of of vegetables um nuts um I mean, um, the spice,
1: the combination of the sauces and the the dips with the different, the different techniques that they use to cook the vegetables. I was just really impressed. I mean, the one that's sticking out in my head right now was that braised cabbage with uh, that braised red cabbage, purple cabbage that had some kind of like spice seed thing on it. I don't even remember now. It's something that I don't even know that I've ever used in cooking. And yeah, I'm just like constantly amazed at the concept of veganism as well, because I think it really forces you to think outside the box. You know, the standard American diet revolves so heavily around the fa- the same, like, five dead animals, where we forget that there's over 70,000 edible plant varietals, um, including, you know, grains, nuts, seeds, spices. 70,000 different kinds of plants that we can eat, and it's just like such a, I mean, if you're a foodie, honestly, plant-based or plant-forward is, is such an exciting exciting way to, to think about, uh, the culinary world.
0: Right. Cause I mean, if I think about like when I, um, cause I mean, I, I eat everything. I, I do love eating, um, vegan when I get the chance to, um, uh, vegetarian even. Um, but yeah, when I eat meals that have meat in it, it's usually like I'm having something like, that animal is just kind of the base like the, the
1: yeah they, they really focus not... on that. and there's so right. much more there's so much more to cook in the world you know so many more flavor profiles to explore with um
0: right
1: i love that um uh,
0: what was the original question <laughs> um <laughs> all, all of my favorite some, food off, like, some of your, yeah all of your favorite like restaurants oh. that you've gone to and i we i mean this isn't like I mean, you you lived there for four years, but we do have a lot of listeners in Los Angeles. So if you yeah. have any favorites in LA, please oh, spill.
1: That's, that's a good question too. Um, honestly, plant, plant the Matthew Kenny restaurant in Venice on Abbott Kinney. Never had a bad thing from there. It's and it's really I always thought of it as being kind of like a fancy, more expensive place, but it's really not that much more than anywhere else, and the food is amazing. Um, where else did I really love? I mean, you can't go wrong kind of with all those, like, east side. Like, Doomies is known for kind of, like, vegan junk food. Um, ironically, and this is a chain, and it's just a vegan option. There's there's one in Atlanta now, which is nice when I go back to visit. But ginya Ramen, their spicy vegan ramen is perfection in my mind. Um, so I love that there's locations of those in L.A. Uh, sage is – is always a great go-to. There's, I think, there's two or three in LA now. I lived on the west side, so I tend to remember those options. Yeah, um, I think I've,
0: I've been to Sage. Yeah, yeah. there's That's one cool. in
1: there's one in like Culver, and then I think there's definitely one over east side-ish. But I've never even been to to those over there. Um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. I hate that it's I've been gone a little over a year, and I'm just they're all- <laughs> oh. I will say, like, the South Bay and, like, down by, like, Long Beach and things, those guys are killing it, too. Um, I know there's um, Seabird's Kitchen is amazing. Uh, The Wild Chive, which was a pop-up at the Long Beach Farmer's Market, they're opening their brick-and-mortar restaurant this fall. And it's essentially the most amazing, like, vegan brunch items and killer like sandwiches and the coolest take the wild chive their Instagram is drool worthy so if you're, <laughs> if you're on if you ever take any trips to the to the far south side, those are definitely ones to be to be looking out for
0: nice um, for our you know maybe vegan uh, listeners who either are newly vegan or they haven't really traveled in a while and maybe they traveled in the past and, you know, maybe either had a bad experience or they went somewhere that didn't really have a lot of vegan options or it was kind of difficult. What would you say is like a good either first time or like a good place to go um, abroad that, that either has like really good vegan options or they, you know, yeah, I yeah. guess that has good vegan options.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean I keep going back to Barcelona, but man, I just <laughs> I, I fell in love with being able to travel really easily as a vegan there. And um I think just in general, even Madrid, Madrid had some great options as well. So I think Spain just really is is on the forefront of of being super vegan friendly. Um Lisbon was also honestly anywhere in like Western Europe is going to be super easy. Uh, you know, London. We obviously had uh, a lot of options in London. They have tons and tons of options. Now, the English aren't exactly known <laughs> for their their culinary skills and like having the best food, but they definitely have the options, which is really nice. If you just and obviously we speak the same language, so uh, London is a great place to go if you want to just kind of ease into it and. Uh, And do that. And then also you're super close to being able to hop across and and go to another city as well. But Wisbon was actually really great as well. Um, There's a a really good vegan community there. Um, That's also a fun thing to do if you know you're going to a place for a decent amount of time. You can pretty much search Facebook and every big city has, has a vegan Facebook group. So you could try and join like a Lisbon vegans group and try and meet up with locals there. I actually went to a, um, like a dinner party at a flat with someone I met through a vegan a vegan uh, like Facebook meetup group. And uh, him and all his flatmates were vegan. And we had like an amazing like almost potluck type meal where every one of the roommates made something different. And that was a really fun experience. So if you're going to be somewhere for a little bit longer or, you know, in advance, having like a local give you tips is, is an amazing experience as well.
0: Nice. And because like, it's like kind of, you know, not, well, I don't want to say its own community, but it it is like, I want to be more um, inclusive, but um, yeah, it is, it is a community. You're able to meet people um, just based on, on that. So that's, that's pretty cool.
1: Totally. And uh, I think it is a very inclusive community, even if you're just like vegan curious. So many times I feel like if you were to reach out and be like, hey, I'm kind of new to veganism and I'm not 100% yet and I'm nervous and I wasn't sure. So I didn't want to like fully commit, you know, while I'm traveling. I think if you were to reach out and just be like really honest, like so many, so many vegan communities would be like, yeah, like come hang out with us. We'll show you how to get like awesome vegan food. So I think most of us, I think PETA can give like the, the extremist vegans a bad rep, but I think most of us are just you know, genuinely about like spreading more like love and compassion. Like, yes, let us show you how easy this is. Like we'd love to, we'd love to invite you in, even if you don't feel like you're all the way there yet.
0: There you go, guys. If you're curious about any sort of, you know, becoming vegan, what vegans eat, if you're curious on, you know, how you could step by step get, get to becoming more on a vegan diet, just ask the vegan because they're, yeah. They're nice people.
1: <laughs> we're nice people. You know, yeah, <laughs> extremists have have made it harder for all of us, but that's true with a lot of issues, right? The, the extremists right. make it worse for everyone. But I think I think I would say we're we're a pretty nice bunch.
0: There's yeah, I think the extremists are so like few and far between. I they're you know, just the
1: loudest, so they they make true. the rest of us sound sound bad when we're not. So <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And we we mentioned um, you know, you post a lot of of your vegan um, you know, food when you're traveling or just like when you're home. So tell us your Instagram. Yes. My Instagram is this vegan
1: wonderlust. And I try and save all of my um different cities under my story highlights. And in every post where I take my food pics, I like to either tag the handle of the restaurant I'm at or I tag the location of the restaurant specific to where that restaurant is um, so that you can definitely find exactly where I was eating. Um, And then, of course, I'm always available if you have any questions DM me, and I am happy to share a more detailed description of what I ate, where I ate, how it was. Because I do, I'm not the the best at uh, at negative reviews. Because I don't, I don't want to turn <laughs> anyone off from veganism. But like sometimes it's not the best, which is which is true of omnivore restaurants as well. Like sometimes you're like, eh, wasn't that right. great? But I'm so hesitant to put like negative things. So well, I won't. I usually just like won't post it at all if I if I didn't really like it. And I'm trying to get better about that. I'm trying to just you know throw it out there. Um, but you know, eating subjective. So, um, but if you have any questions, I'm happier to like delve into deeper details of any city or restaurant I went to.
0: Oh, thank you, Jennifer. That's um, awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. That is our episode for today. Um, be sure to follow us, um, on Instagram at Oh, my travel podcast, and we'll see you all again next week, guys. Bye.
1: Oh, mm-hmm.